On this episode of Honey, You Should Watch This, Greg picked the film The Peanut Butter Falcon. And Greg, while we're doing this podcast, there's only one rule. What's rule number one? Party. You got it. So that line was ad-libbed. Okay. For those of you who haven't seen the film yet, we'll explain that that is later. But yes, that was an, I guess that was an ad-lib line. It was an ad-lib line. That's always good. Uh, he, he just went with it, and uh, apparently it caught Shia off guard, but he rolled with it because he liked it. And I mean, that's pretty much the mark of a professional actor, right? Right. So, all right. Hi. Rolling with it. Hello. And hello to everyone who is listening. Uh, this is Honey, You Should Watch This. This is a podcast where a husband, which would be this handsome-looking fellow um, sitting next to me, Greg. He hasn't gotten here yet. <laughs> and a wife, which would be myself. My name is Susan. She's here. I'm here. Um, notice I didn't use any descriptors for me. That's neither here nor there. It's, that's not true. <laughs> Don't say that about yourself. So um, so what we, we like to watch movies and, and TV shows, and normally we do have a very similar um, taste in, in movies and TV. Um, sometimes we'll um, watch uh, things that the other person likes to watch that we've never seen before, but there are times when our tastes completely diverge and I'm, I will watch things that he has absolutely no interest in, in watching and, and vice versa. Uh, so we kind of uh, decided to, to make a podcast out of it. And uh, so we learned to appreciate the other's taste in in films that um, we normally wouldn't watch. So that's what this film is, or this film, this podcast is about. The film we watched this week was The Peanut Butter Falcon. Yes. It's about, uh, it's about a bird <laughs> that steals peanut butter. <laughs> they have to call in Marvel superheroes. That was just off the cuff. I, I mean, I, we could probably we could probably make a cartoon out of that. You, though. Yeah, you, you, you completely had me. Yeah, no. Lost um, peanut, butter? <laughs> mm, peanut butter. Peanut butter. Mm, dip that falcon I'm in. So peanut hungry butter. today. It's, <laughs> talking about peanut butter and your falcon got into my peanut butter. I'm good with it. <laughs> peanut butter on anything is good. Uh, so what I guess what I'll do is I'll give a little rundown about what the film's about. Okay. Um, and then we can kind of discuss it. Uh, this is a little bit, sometimes um, we will pick movies that uh, one of us has seen before and the other one has not simply because they haven't had the interest in it. This is a little bit different uh, this time around because uh, you had not seen the film um, and I had not either. Uh, so this is kind of new territory for us. It basically had to do with the state of the economy and I couldn't afford three ninety nine for a rental on Amazon Prime. Well, I don't know so what we're going to do next I then. saw this as the ones on Hulu. <laughs> so I decided to uh, take advantage of it while I could. Okay. Uh, so I am probably going to give a, a non-spoiler summary here, even though uh, just a heads up, we if you've never listened to us before, we do spoil 
um, pretty heavily on this podcast. Um, on rare occasions, we don't, but we will be a little bit after after we talk about this, we will get into some areas of spoil, spoilage. Uh, so if you haven't seen uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon, we highly recommend that you do watch it. It is on Hulu right now. Um, so if you want to, definitely go uh, pause us and, and uh, come on back when you're done. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, 2019, uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon is a story about Zach, who is a 22-year-old man with Down syndrome. Um, when we first find him, he is living in an assisted living facility in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, he is cared for by uh, a woman named Eleanor, um, and he has made um, some pretty good friends as far as the senior citizens who are living in, in the assisted living facility. Um, however, um, he this is not really a life for him. Uh, he has no family of his own, so he is uh, basically a ward of the state. Um, but he has big dreams. He wants to become a professional wrestler and attend the wrestling school of his hero, the Saltwater Redneck. Um, and he watches the videos obsessively, um, much to his roommate Carl's uh, chagrin, because he keeps watching the same thing over and over again. Uh, anyway, Zach makes attempts to escape, um, which get him in trouble. Um, but one night, Carl um, helps him um, get out um, so he can chase his dreams. Um, and he runs away, um, almost completely nakers, just in his undies, no shoes. No socks. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, he finds a small little fishing boat and he stows away for the night. Uh, we also meet Tyler. Um, Tyler is a fisherman um, who used to work for his now deceased brother. Um, they used to, um, is it, cra- they used to crab? Is that it? Crabbing? They, they, they were fishermen, yeah, they, but they're yeah. probably crabs, yes. Okay. I don't know what the what the term is, crabbing, crab fishing. Well, I mean, you're a fisherman. Yeah. You just you're just fishing for crabs. Okay. Um, but uh, since his brother passed away, um, Tyler does not have a license, and his license went to someone else. Uh, so he basically uh, steals the crabs uh, from the traps um, of his rival. He crammered them. He crammered them big time. Um, but Kramer didn't know, and Tyler knows better. Um, so he uh, gets fired um, at his job. Um, the Wikipedia summary says a local crab shack, but it's more like a fishing, what do you call it? It's it's probably like a fishing supply. Fishing supply, fishing, whatever. So he gets fired. Um, Tyler, um, much like Zach, has really no one to lean on. Um, he, after a confrontation with the crabbers that he has stolen from, he burns about, uh, 12 grand worth of their equipment on the docks, um, and is pursued, uh, by them, um, particularly Duncan and Ratboy. There's a name for you. Um, Tyler escapes in his boat, uh, which happens to be the same boat that Zach is hiding on and he discovers Zach on board. Uh, he attempts to leave them behind when they um, finally shake uh, their two pursuers and they reach shore. Um, but he, he comes back and he witnesses that a 13-year-old is bullying Zach. Um, Zach does not know how to swim and the boy is trying to get him to jump in the water. Uh, so Tyler intervenes and permits Zach to come with him. And he ag- agrees to help Zach uh, find the wrestling school. Um, while he is en route to his ultimate destination, which is Florida, to get away from uh, Duncan and Ratboy. 
Um, now we know that Duncan and Ratboy are looking for Tyler. Um, uh, Eleanor is looking for Zach. Um, she eventually does catch up with him and Tyler. Um, and she is, I'm going to put this in quotes, persuaded to come along with them both, um, on their little adventure as they, um, try to find the wrestling school and, uh, sail the outer banks of North Carolina. So that's well my summary. That's, okay. your, that's your summary. Well done. All right. Uh, this film is written and directed by Tyler Nielsen and Michael Swartz, and this is their first uh, feature film directorial debut. Um, the film stars Shia LaBeouf as Tyler, Zach Gottsagen as Zach, Dakota Johnson as Eleanor, John Hawks as Duncan, Bruce Dern as Carl, uh, John Barenthal in a non-speaking role um, in flashbacks as Mark, who is uh, Tyler's brother. Uh, and a nice little um, appearance by Thomas Hayden Church as Clint slash the Saltwater Redneck. Um, Yellow Wolf, I guess that is the name, how the name is pronounced, he's as a, Rat Boy. I guess he's a rapper. Uh, I'm guessing by the name that that would be his profession, mm-hmm. his primary profession. Uh, Mike uh, Mick Foley as uh, Jacob was the ref- referee of the wrestling match and also an appearance by Jake the Snake Roberts. Do you know who Mick Foley is? I do know. I do not know who Mick Foley is. Mick Foley is. was Mankind. He was a wrestler. Oh, Mankind! Yeah, he, he was actually he actually held the heavyweight champion belt three times in WWF slash WWE. Uh, I did not catch that that was him. I did not realize it. I knew that when I saw the, I guess the person's name is Samson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that he was a wrestler, but I couldn't remember who he was until I looked him up, and it's Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm-hmm. They both make appearances, but yeah. Okay. So normally when I pick a film for you, um, I will ask you what you um, what you thought it was going to be about, what your expectations were. But since we're both, we've both kind of going into this as some, a film we've never seen before, um, I know I did not try to spoil myself beforehand when you said you picked this movie, and I really did not know what this movie was about. Um, you had some idea, so yeah. I mean, this was uh, back when this came out. It got a lot of it got a lot of praise and a lot of critical acclaim, like from all the the small, not the small, the movie festivals like uh, South by Southwest and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the one in San Francisco Fun Fest or something like that? So uh, I'll look up the when we talk box office. I'll yeah. look up the awards. Um, I mean, it won a lot of awards. It won. I think it won. I think it won best best picture at South by Southwest the year it was brought there, and then it was immediately picked up for distribution. But um, I just heard a lot of people had seen it and, and talked about how good it was. Now on the podcast that I listen to, they don't. They're not doing them right now, obviously, because you know of stuff. But they uh, little thing called COVID nineteen. There wasn't a lot. There was they don't do a lot of spoilers if it's a new movie because they don't want to ruin it for people. But uh, you know, you kind of had the gist of what it was about. You knew it was about a kid that had Downs, and he you know made friends with what they you know air quotes a loner. They didn't go into depth of Shia LaBeouf's Mm -hmm. character, and that he was a big wrestling fan. And that was that was basically it. But it was they talked about how how great it was, and you know how well put together it was, and blah blah blah. So you know when you hear a lot about that movie, and then you look it up on the when you look it up on the webs on Rotten Tomatoes, now you know the other podcasts I do. We we have a beef with Rotten Tomatoes because it either gets really good critic scores and really shitty audience scores, or vice versa. It very rarely do you have a movie that you know everybody. This has a ninety six critic and audience score. Wow! It's and the audience score is uh, four thousand and change verified um, reviews. So that's that's pretty damn good for a movie that is like this. You, right. you know what I mean? Because this is not a movie that. 
is going to appeal to someone who only likes action movies, and it's not going to appeal to someone who only likes horror movies. So to have that many people say, hey, we really like this movie, that kind of right. impressed me. Well, this movie was PG-13, so it, it was made for audiences and wild appeal. And I think that if you... Which it should not have been. Right. Because there was two F-bombs in there. Mm. You only get one F-bomb. So the fact that it got a PG-13 rating really surprised me. Mm. Interesting. I, I just think that if you suggest this movie to any, you know, a wide range of, of people that you would like, I think you'd get people to who like the movie, no matter what. Yeah. Like, I could easily recommend this film to my parents. Um, yes. And you could probably... Yeah, because use... they, they typically don't even watch talkies, so... <gasps> wow! <laughs> wow, you're coming out swinging! Jeez. Well, we can we can talk we can recommend to my parents, but it doesn't do anything it hasn't doesn't have anything to say with about Trump, so they're not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have Hulu, so they they would have to pay money no, to rent have, it so we know your no, dad they, wouldn't watch no, it. No, that's true, but they do have Hulu. They have my Hulu, so <laughs> Oh, that's to, funny. For the, the story there is we went to Father's Day uh 2 years ago and we're sitting at the table and my mom starts bitching about my dad saying he sat there last night for 45 minutes scrolling through all the different things that we could watch. And he's like, oh, I'd like to see that. Oh, I got to pay for it? No. Um, I got to no, I got to pay for it? No. And I'm like, it's 99 cents. My parents are very well off. <laughs> very well off. And like, it's 99 cents. So for that, for that, that was like the week before Father's Day for something. So for <laughs> Father's Day, I, he would, wanted to watch Fury with Brad Pitt. And interestingly enough, Shia LaBeouf and John Berenthal and um and he goes I, I gave it to him and I said Dad you could have bought this on DVD for three ninety nine oh I'm gonna watch this I'm gonna watch this so my father refuses <laughs> it's to pay the principal yeah, and right? he will he does yeah. not go to the theater he he will, I, sees a movie on TV for an advertisement he goes that's gonna make a good rental I think the last time he went to the movie theater with your mom is when they went to go see Jersey Boys that was the last time yeah as far as I yeah, remember and I think yeah. before that it was E T <laughs> you think I'm kidding really. No, didn't you go, go go to see Flags of Our Fathers with your dad? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Huh, Me and my brother it. went right. and saw Flags of Our, Flags of Our Fathers with him. Okay. Lawyered. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just I'll just uh, <laughs> turn on my mic off. I'm gonna turn everything over to you. So so my per- particular perception of this because I did not do any pre research or anything. I wanted to go in with completely blank slate. Given the title, I thought this was like some mysterious search for something that just doesn't exist, right? Because like, I, not to spoil Maltese Falcon for you, because I know you haven't seen it. I, but movie's like 80 years old. I know yeah. what happens. <laughs> so, but I thought Maltese Falcon, you know, as Peanut Butter Falcon. For, and um, this was not at all like that. Um, it was It was an interesting... Mix. I read uh, after we watched it. I, I was kind of doing my research, and I looked at the the Roger Ebert review of it. And he, I read the uh, Roger Ebert. Review yeah, as and well. it kept it kept talking about how it, this had this fairy tale aspect to it. And, and it's funny because you know coming off of us um, doing the witch, uh, to me it felt more like a folktale, right? And and we had both mentioned um, and a lot of other. Uh, resources that we were looking at probably mentioned the fact that, um, you know, there's a part of it where um, they have to kind of give up going on foot and they end up building a raft for themselves. And so it's kind of this Huck Finn and Jim type of 
I won't say allegory, but you, it, it's reminiscent of that, like this this journey that I, they're going on. I think that's on. exactly what they were going for. Yeah, I'm, I really oh, of course. Did. Yeah, I think that that's probably what it picked up. Um, it is very much grounded in reality, though, right? Um, one of the things it did remind me of, not, not a straight off, but it, it just had po- portions of it reminded me of, oh, brother, where art thou? You know, because they had these kind of larger than life characters you had the blind preacher man that kind of helped them out that was a you know a little bit eccentric and 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 odd um you know you've got the huck fit and jim portion of it um you've got the craziness of how um the wrestling match that zach finally gets to get in at the end the way it ends is just a little bit unbelievable um so it it kind of felt mismatched, right? Because those those parts kind of almost took me out of it. But I think um, the other part that reminded me of of oh, oh, oh brother, where art that was the feel of it, right? You get this nice, languid, beautifully shot, um, kind of rural um, out the, the outer banks and and all that, where it just kind of felt you could feel the heat you know, in the humidity of the place, you could kind of feel how slow it and felt, you know, it just was, that reminded me of, of it as well. But it was not as crazy for you to believe, especially that end portion in Zach's wrestling match, um, which kind of can take you out of it. But I think given Zach's condition, right, was the actor who plays him is named Zach as well. And he does truly have Down syndrome. I think the realness was important to see Zach as worthy of achieving things on his own merits versus making it a fairy tale, right? Mm-hmm. I think you needed to take um, that person with Down syndrome seriously. So it had some spots where it kind of felt, con- you know, contrived from that level, but oh, I think overall it was a great film. But that's what the whole movie was about, was right. about taking him seriously. Yes. Because she, as his caregiver, did not. Yeah. Well, oh, back away from that. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. You can't do that. Oh, don't stick your head in the she water. She was overprotective. And he yeah. was like, he was like, let the he's a, let him he's do. He's a big yeah. boy. Yeah. He's an adult. It was uh, he was underestimated. I don't think she took him seriously. I just think she underestimated. I think both of them were extremely underestimated. They had a lot in common in that you know um, Zach did not have a family who could who was able to take care of him. Um, Tyler lost his only family, his brother. Um, and they both needed uh, something, right? And they, and this is a great story because they end up finding each other. He, yeah, Tyler yeah. needed a fishing license. <laughs> well, I think he had a hole in his heart and a lot of guilt because of his brother's death as well. So, um, but they're both, you know, and even to to some degree, Eleanor, she's a, she's underestimated. Um, so they all are able to kind of come together. Um, and believe in each other. And it's a, that's a nice... It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's cute. I don't think, El- I don't think uh, Eleanor is underestimated at all. I mean, her last name's Johnson. She's got one of the greatest actors in the history of Hollywood <laughs> as her father. If those of you who don't know, Greg is a huge <laughs> Miami Vice fan, and he would marry Don Johnson, given the choice. Well, I don't know that I'd marry him. <laughs> I definitely would if I had a prenup, but... <laughs> <laughs> you would actually marry somebody who's been with Barbara Streisand. <laughs> he was with Barbara Streisand. They dated for a long time. 
Don't oh, you remember I, that I, duet I, they did together? I got to double check that. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I don't know. You've said a lot of sacrilegious <laughs> things in the time that I've known you, but I think that might take the I cake. think you will find I'm right, though. Anyway. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Right. So this film, um, and you can, you can tell it from the word go on this film. This film was definitely a labor of love. Yes, there was a lot of things that made this movie happen that were because people wanted to do... It wasn't about just making a movie. It was about making a movie about something that was mm-hmm. actually real. Well, Zach um, Gottsagen um, is from Florida. He's from the Palm Beach area. Okay. Um, and he had had uh, a lot of theatrical training. Like, he would get sent to um, acting camps for... for um, people with disabilities. He's been studying acting since he was a small child. Yeah. Um, and the screenwriter, Michael Swartz, uh, met him at one of these camps and yes. they became friends, mm-hmm. um, which I I don't think is an uncommon thing for Zach. I think people, when they meet Zach from, from all accounts of everything that I've read, he just charms you from the get-go. Well, how can you not like someone who just wants to be bro dogs? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he wrote... Uh, Michael Swartz went into this movie with him in mind because he really wanted to showcase him. Yes. And the the wrestling is an allegory for being an actor. That's yep. that's they they basically said you wanted to be an actor since you were a kid. We'll make a movie about a guy who's wanted to be a wrestler since he was a kid. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um and I think everybody who worked on this film kind of came out changed. None more so, so than Shia. Um, because he famously got arrested while they were working on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but he, yeah, but this was this was kind of before this was when he'd had his meltdown. Obviously, being a, right. a, a child of Hollywood and a you know everybody makes fun of the machine that Disney creates and how they you know chew these kids up and spit them out. It's not really Disney's fault. You know, when a kid is sixteen or fifteen years old and they're billionaires, you know, look at the rap industry and music industry, all that stuff. Well, he just he just he just lost it. He just lost he lost his shit and he walked away for a while and straightened up and came back and I mean, he got arrested well, for public drunkenness, which is probably not that hard to do in some backwater Georgia. Well, town. yeah, in two thousand seventeen, he but he also um, basically. Uh, was recorded by the body cam of the cop who was um, arresting him, and he was using racial slurs and saying things that didn't weren't weren't helpful. He was and, in Georgia. He was just trying to fit in. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, is when he talked about this, um, there's a lot of things that he he said about Zach and this, but. Um, he said uh, that he had obviously he pleaded guilty of the misdemeanor charge um, and he was sentenced to 10 weeks in rehab. Um, he said that Zach, everybody was kind of when he came back, um, he said everybody was kind of pussyfooting around it. Um, but Zach told him point blank, you're already famous. This is my chance and you're ruining it. And he said to hear him say that he was disappointed in me probably changed the course of my life. Um, and he basically calls Zach um, a jerk. No. <laughs> <laughs> he said his co-star uh, served as his spiritual advisor. He said the universe put him in my life at a very specific point to keep me afloat. Um, so there is definitely 
and I don't, and there's, I think a lot of other people who worked on that film that kind of said this was kind of a whole transcending experience and, and it shows, it shows in, in the product. So it's. Well, he wasn't originally cast for this. Shia? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he's Laura Prepon's um, husband. Okay. From, uh, you know, Donna on that 70s show, but yep. apparently she was pregnant and expecting and he decided that he wanted to be at home with her and recommended Shia to the production mm-hmm. team and they were like how we're never going to get a name like that for this movie right and when they asked him he was like yeah because I'm not doing anything else <laughs> <laughs> well it's, what's funny I don't think he said that that was just me yeah. making a joke what's funny is um, because Zach had all this acting training um Shia said he was almost a little intimidated coming into this. Um, so it was definitely something different for him. Uh, back to what you were saying, not to not to completely de- derail the conversation when you were saying that Shia kind of had this me- mental breakdown. I guess one of the things that did come out uh, during the coverage of this is I, when he was nine years old, um, I don't know if he was like an eyewitness to it, but he was in the vicinity when his mother was getting raped and it was nine years old. He really, there was nothing he could do about it. And I guess to this day, he still sleeps with a gun and he always feels like somebody's going to break in the house. Um, it's a trauma that he had to really have a hard time to get over. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot more deep things going on than just being a spoiled kid. I mean, that doesn't help, right? <clears throat> that you get the sudden success. Well, it's easy, it's easy to go off the rails when you're rich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, you I mean, can be easily it, enabled. Yeah. Well, yeah. definitely. <laughs> what the the little kid that grew up in the farm town in uh, in South Florida is he's a cokehead when his parents make <laughs> eleven thousand dollars a year? No, you don't hear that story very often. <laughs> so you know, to him, he said, you know, he said that Zach, being with Zach, he said Zach is a person who can not not shoot straight. Right. He's completely honest with you. And he said, bless him for it, because in the moment I needed a straight shooter and that I couldn't argue with. I couldn't argue with him. So it's it's a kind could, of it's an amazing story. Huh? He couldn't argue with him because like Zach couldn't understand it or he couldn't argue. He with couldn't him. argue with the fact that he was being, <laughs> you know, he he wasn't afraid to, to like he wasn't going to kiss his ass because he was a name. Right. Right. He was he was going to tell the truth because that's essentially who he is. And right. he was like, yeah, you're right. So that's kind of cool. Um, what I do like about this film too is this: this film does it, it's it's a great story, amazing acting. I think it's probably the best acting you're going to see. I haven't seen Shia in a lot of things. Like I haven't seen him in things like Fury, um, those types of things. Obviously, you know, we had your you know we took your son to the Transformers movies and stuff like that. So I saw him in those and the. Indiana Jones one that Chris Kingdom. No, 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 no. That that is the movie of which we shall not speak. Yeah, it doesn't. We don't speak about this movie, I guess, in this house. So fucking movie sucked. Um, so I haven't really seen him in, in much else. I mean, knew he was talented, but this film was probably one of the best performances I've seen. Well, this is this is the one that supposedly put his head right. His latest movie is called Honey Boy, which he wrote, which he wrote, and is supposed to be about him, him basically. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it, but I think it's on Amazon right now. Um, 
but I, I think he's got talent. If he didn't have talent, he wouldn't have been where he was. I mean, and he was he was good in the in mm-hmm. the Transformers movies. Uh, I have not seen Fury yet either, but I heard that he was good in it. But it's mostly mm. what has broke what has caused him issues is his off. You know, when I, I say when I refer to athletes, is the off the field trouble. Right. You know, his movies his movies themselves aren't crap, but. You know, you can only work with a guy who holds production up for so long. You know, I mean, he put this movie, he held up for 10 weeks. Basically, why he was... In rehab. Yeah, why he was in rehab. So, you know, there you go. Mm. A low-budget movie like this, that could literally kill a mo- kill this movie. Right. And if, one, if, if things don't happen to make it better. One of the things that I found out in, in researching this, too, is while they were trying to get funding for this film, several times people would look at it and go, great. Um, Maybe someone other than Shia LaBeouf. No. Zach. Oh. They did not want Zach in the well, picture. And yeah, we'll we'll get to that narrative eventually. Right. They didn't want him in the picture and they would like say they would offer them more money to to convince them to to not use him and they that wasn't going to happen. And so that that was pretty cool. But I think what they do great in this film uh too is it that something that it's almost rarely done anymore. They they do kind of really kind of stick to the principle of show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no scene, you know, because um, spoilers, um, we find out through flashbacks um, that Tyler's brother, Mark, died in a car crash with Tyler. They had both been out drinking. Tyler was at the wheel. Tyler falls asleep. You, They don't show the crash, but you, you know what I mean? It It trusts the audience to figure shit out. Right, yeah. which I mean, I, they don't they don't show it to you, but they lead you right to the edge. Yeah, they take you. Yeah, they literally. Um, <laughs> but they um, but they really do things that kind of sh- show you and and kind of build the exposition without somebody having to have like a breakdown and then explain what happened or something like that. It's just it's very smartly done that way, and I think it does um, it does the the character of Tyler um, some some justice because that that's kind of what you see is you don't see Tyler as a guy that was just would just spill out his heart right right um, so I think that that was um, overall I just thought great it's just great filmmaking it was it was very good okay uh, what what is your overall takeaway of this as far as that it was great filmmaking <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, stuff out of your mouth, not stuff out of mine. <laughs> well, I have written down right here great filmmaking. <laughs> so your notes. Great filmmaking. Take... No, I think um I think that they did a a good job of the show don't tell. I also think that they did a good job with the character development because let's let's be honest, Kyle, Tyler was kind of a piece of shit. He was, yeah. He, he was. I he, mean, he was a very he much. Was, listen, what 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 happens is is that anybody who knows anything about it is in that area in North Carolina. There's a lot of there's a lot of small fishing towns, and in, in North Carolina is famous for a lot of the seafood, especially around the Outer Banks, which is where they lead you to believe they are. But I lived up there for six years, and I didn't recognize a single thing. I mean, there were some. Those were some they, really. They filmed around Savannah. They were so, yeah, but they were really, really backwater towns, and mm-hmm. I don't remember any of those in North Carolina in that area because North Carolina is very. Uh, there's a lot of commercialization up there now, um, and I was there in the '90s. So, so we're, uh, we're going to take that back, and I, I know they did that because they wanted that 
Mark Twain feel. Right. They wanted that 1800s. We're gonna we're actually gonna float on a raft. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, they don't want it overfished, and it's a it's it's very heavily monitored and and controlled by the government. So basically what they were saying is you only had 10 fishing licenses for that area that you could do the crabs with, that you could fish. Because if everybody was putting out crab pots, the crabs would be gone in a couple of weeks. So he, when his brother died, he lost his, and he was angry that he didn't get the fishing license because now he didn't have any, any uh, a way to support himself. But he still had a trade. He knew how to do it. He could go to work for somebody else. I get that you have demons because you're the reason that your brother's dead. Understood. But they also didn't portray um, the two douchebags that he was messing with to be very nice people. But, right. even, but even the guy walked up and said, hey, man, you can't steal my stuff anymore. If you steal my stuff again, then we're going to have an issue. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, he basically... He, he, well, he got beat up, too. Well, he got beat up because he threw the first punch. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, he threw the first punch and missed. And okay. then, they, then they beat his ass, which, okay. But basically, the guy's like, look... You, you, you took my livelihood from me today, and you've done it multiple times. This is basically, this is your last damn warning. And if you continue to do this, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm not going to call the cops. I'm just going to fuck you up. Okay, that's kind of how stuff is handled in backwater towns. He, he can't be angry about that because that's just the rules. I mean, I, it sucks. I get it, but that's the rules. But you could have went to work for someone else. You could have done whatever had to be done. But then after he finds out that, you know, there he can't take their stuff anymore. Now he sets their shit on fire. Well, that's a felony. <laughs> I mean, you literally, you lit. I mean, I don't, I don't care what you're protesting. When you set something on fire from someone, that's a, that's arson. That's a felony. And 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 it went down. Mm-hmm. And and it it was significantly worse than what it should have been. It burnt stuff on the dock. So this guy is not. He's not a stand-up citizen at this point. No, he's definitely not thinking through the consequences. And my my question, I guess, would be that were those traps actually their traps or were those traps ones that belonged belonged to Mark? I think those traps were probably traps that belonged to them. Okay. Because when you you lose your license, you don't lose your boat. Right. You just lose the ability to take the traps out. And he did that because he was mad at them and he set their shit on fire. Yeah. Because he was trying, he was just angry. He was angry at them. I get it. And he's mourning and you know what I'm like. But, you know, on the other hand, there's, I'm sorry, I'm just that guy. I get that you're mourning and I get that you're going through good things, but that's not a, a, a just a, a free, a get out of jail free card to do whatever you want because you're hurting inside. I get that you're hurting inside, but that does not give you the opportunity to cause other people issues. Right. So, he wasn't he wasn't a good person and now he's on the run and he, he's literally literally it's a big deal because they've got roads shut down looking for him mm-hmm. roadblocks and when i mean now the police are involved so mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah. but not not a good person but and but I, but a good person and i think they address that too because they address it in there's the scene um when they are kind of docked along a beach and you have Zach um, practicing his villain laugh, right, and as his wrestler villain laugh, mm-hmm. and Tyler starts the conversation, and he says, "I'm practicing my villain laugh," and he's like, "Well, why do you have to be a villain?" And Zach is saying, "Because I am who I am, you know. Because I have what I have. I have Down syndrome. I, you know, you don't see heroes with Down syndrome." And Tyler kind of convinces him you can be the good guy. And 
Tyler point blank asks him, "Are you a good guy? Or are you a bad guy?" And he struggles with that question. Zach asked Tyler. Yeah, he's Zach asked. Yeah, and he struggles with that question because mm-hmm. he knows that he's not done the right things. Yeah, and in throughout this, this is kind of becomes his hero's journey, right? Because he kind of got gets some redemption in being a brother, an older brother to this boy. Yeah, yeah. Zach also is convinced he's a bad guy because his parents abandoned him. Yeah. Remember, he makes that comment That's about true. how my people, you know, my Good. parents left me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoilers, by the way, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was a that was a pretty good scene, that scene where they were laying on the beach and stuff like that. Yeah, because and that's when they come up with his name, of um, his wrestling name. Also, you can tell that he's a good guy, but he's not a good guy because he punched a 13-year-old kid in the face, <laughs> which is, like, incredible. <laughs> you know, normally I don't... Um... That little fucker deserved it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't condone uh, punching children in the face, but that little shit, I probably would have punched him in the face too for doing what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just need to get your ass beat. Yeah. True. Um, But, and it's the funny thing is, though, is when they were looking for him, they were looking for Tyler, um, they run across the kid that got his, got punched in the face by him, and he said, I don't know who he is. Yeah. So. Yeah. What happened to your face? I fell. <laughs> Walked into a door. Yeah. Something. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. Uh. You know. I mean. I. I. I thought the character development was good. It, they. They might have spent a little bit of time going into a little bit more backstory, but I also understand that. They would the the. The show don't tell thing. You know. They mm-hmm. just let you, let you make your own assumptions. Well, it's, it was surprising to me because when I first saw that it was uh, John Barenthal that was playing his brother, mm-hmm. that you only see him in flashbacks. You don't hear him speak. There's, you know, all the flashbacks are just things happening, maybe slowed down in time a little bit. So you understand it's a flashback, but there is no recalling of any conversations that they had or stuff like that. It was just them being together um, with a soundtrack over it. No you, there's no lines and John Barthol's not a huge name, but he's not a nobody. And usually when you are on screen and you're not saying any lines, you're not really paid to scale. So that's an interesting choice that he would take that. So I'm wondering what he well, invested in this. Uh, he's, he's probably a bigger name than you think. Cause he's been in quite a few movies. Plus he had two seasons of the Punisher on Netflix. Plus he was in the first two seasons of the walking dead. So there's a lot of people that know who John Barenthal is. Mm-hmm. Um, plus he had that, he had that other TV show that was on TNT, the noir one, whatever it was that ran for two seasons or whatever. I can't, what's the reason he left walking dead mm-hmm. anyway. Um, probably had something to do with the friendship. The two of them developed on fury. Okay. Uh, might have been something, you know, uh, there's lots of stories out there about Danny Trejo, how he refuses to turn down anything that anybody offers him because of the break that he received. Mm-hmm. He could have just been doing this because he like, I like the project. You know, it sounds, right. you know, th- we're doing something that should be done here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could have just, you know, to give a little bit more star power, things like that. And it could have just been mm-hmm. something he's like, hey, I got a free day. You, you know, yeah. I can, you know, okay, what do you, what do you, hey, John, you got a free day? What do you say? You come down here and blah, blah. Okay, sounds good. 
Right. It's great casting because they look like brothers. They do. I was very surprised yeah. when they put them side by side. Well, even when you were you know, like that scene we were talking about when they're on the beach and he's having this conversation and in your the way I don't know if it's the angle that he was shot at was that you almost thought it was John Barenthal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good casting there. All right. I, I mean, it's just you know one hit after another. <laughs> What I was surprised is I did not recognize Bruce Dern. I recognized him, but I didn't recognize Thomas Hayden Church until I saw him standing in the doorway. Well, the funny thing is, is you heard his voice long before you saw who he was on the videotapes. It, you, did, it didn't register with me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think his voice is pretty distinctive, but... Well, good for you. <laughs> Just because you're in love with the guy, Jesus. <laughs> no, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make the connection. I was too busy going, the saltwater redneck? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the best we can come up with. <laughs> okay, so we have the salt nutter water. Bleh. The salt nutter, the nutter butter. No, um, oh, the nutter butter. Well, nutter butters are good. They got peanut butter in them. The salt water that redneck. Would, that would be the tag team name match. That'd yeah. be the tag team the of nutter, the peanut butter falcon the and the salt water redneck. Salt water nutter butter. Just the um, nutter butters. The nutter butters. Um, so you have salt water redneck, and then you have the peanut butter falcon as the wrestling name. What would your wrestling name be? I don't know, fat guy in tights. I... <laughs> well, you said your stripper name was going to be Jelly Roll, but <laughs> yeah, but that was a while ago. Now it would be Stale da- Jelly Roll. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what my wrestling name would be. They're so they're so weird now. It's not like it's just you know. I mean, like you used to have like Hulk Hogan and you know Macho Man Randy Savage, and now it's like you know the Dweedledoppers, and you're I just <laughs> really weird and different i don't i don't know what it would be i i, I who knows <laughs> all right well, i thought it would be a good question but I'll, maybe uh, i'll come up with it later maybe I'll after the break yeah. yeah all right so what else were you able to kind of find out i know you'd like to kind of dive into trivia so no i mean there's not a lot there's there's just not a lot of, not not a lot here uh this was one of the things that it was a big deal about was like you said to the the producers of the movie wanted to use Zach and there were a lot of people that were like, you know, don't you can't use him that we would rather you know have an, an actor play someone with Down syndrome which to me is there's so many things about this country right now that upset me because they're so stupid, but you're gonna jump up and down and scream about how somebody that's white plays a black person that's just absolutely horrible you can't do that but you're going to have someone that doesn't have Down syndrome play somebody with Down syndrome. What's the fucking difference? Seriously. I mean, this this guy, he knocked it out of the park. He was perfect. Now, yeah, he's not going to be able to play Iron Man, but this guy, this role was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that they've shown that people with this disability can be actors because they had a fucking television show on for like eight years with Corky in it. What was it called? Life Goes uh, On. Life Goes On. I mean, that show was, was huge. So I... I don't understand how anybody in their right mind can sit down and go, oh, no, we don't want anybody with Down syndrome playing a person with Down syndrome. Shut the fuck up. That's just stupid. So, I mean, I think that's, I think that's huge. I think it was a really big deal, and I think that he did great. And I think that the things that they said and the way that they treated him in the movie, I, I mean, that's how those people, they, they should be treated. They should be treated normal. Everybody, I mean, everybody else is supposed to be treated normal, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
I, that's that was kind of my takeaway from the from the trivia that I found. I mean, there was um uh uh damn, there was one other thing that was decent and I can't remember what it was. It was it talked um the fact that it did get picked up, it won Best Picture at South by Southwest. There's lots of times that you know it'll win Best Picture because of the people there, and then nobody wants to distribute. This was sold in like two days. The distribution rights were. Uh, oh, um, well, it was more a box office. That was the other thing that I came across was more of a box office topic. So there's not a lot of trivia in it. Um, the casting of Thomas Hayden Church came later. Um, it was not at, at the beginning. Uh, the the fact that Shia LaBeouf was not the first the first choice, I did not know that this was where he supposedly turned his life around. So, I know that he had done it. I did. I thought it was before this movie because he was kind of out of films for a few years. Yeah, and there were there was always this stuff about him being weird or doing weird things. And well, I think he is a method actor. Mm. I think that he does do the method thing, and I know that that freaks a lot of people out, but. I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get the job done. So if that's how you do it, that's how you do it. <laughs> that is true. So I um, haven't really said much about Dakota Johnson. I mean, I think she does a serviceable role. You shut your damn mouth. <laughs> Just because there's no bondage in it, you're going to act like she didn't do a no, good job? No, no, no. I mean, I... I've seen her when she was in the, the remake of Suspiria. She was very good in that. Um, so I think she, she's definitely, she's definitely this, just, uh, you don't see a lot of range from her. She's just this kind of presence, right? Um, I don't. Is, is that an insult? I need to know if I'm No, it's not an insult. She's you. just, you just kind of get her as this kind of like, there's not a lot of high ups and downs to her performances. They're kind of just very quiet and maybe that's just kind of part of, of what she brings to it. Gotcha. But I mean, there's a there's a couple times where she gets upset in here, but it's not like it's. She's just kind of mellow. I and I haven't seen. Yeah, I probably any of these. if I'd have been her, I probably would have lost my shit when that guy was telling me what he was telling her on the phone about finding him. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have said yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is I I kind of feel because we, as we were kind of talking before, I kind of feel like her character, the character of Eleanor, even even though she's got an education. Um, it is alluded to that she comes from some money. Um, she does admit a little bit later on that she was married and then she became a widow. But she kind of just gets treated as this kind of caster, like from his her her boss, you know. Mm-hmm. And later it comes out she's volunteering there, so she's not even working there. So it just, I don't know, she just kind of feels like she's not considered to be value, you know, her her thoughts and her ideas aren't validated as well. So they kind of, she kind of fits in with that little ragtag group of, of people who are being okay. underestimated or in need of having a family. Okay. Yeah, probably. They didn't say what her husband died of, did they? No, they did not. They just said she was a widow. Yeah. I think that he uh, died in a dock fire that somebody said. <laughs> <laughs> now there's the twist. Yeah. <laughs> There, is there anything that like um like of the story is there anything that you would like have changed like as far as the way they wrote it I think the only thing that took like I said took me out of it is you have this the scene at the end where they are towards the end of the movie they go and they find the, the Carl 
right? The former saltwater redneck. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to hurt Zach's feelings because he doesn't look like saltwater redneck, you know? So they kind of say, well, I don't think he's here anymore. And Carl feels bad. So he makes an appearance as the saltwater redneck and he does train Zach. Um, and Zach says he wants to fight. And so he takes them down in one of these backyard wrestling matches. And which I didn't even know was a thing, but okay. Um, and Zach kind of isn't quite ready, but he, he goes and he does it anyway. And of course they got him up against Jake, the snake who says he's going to take it easy on him and he doesn't. And so he gets mad and that whole thing where he gets, he picks Jake, the snake up, which it's clearly, you can tell that this is not, this was CGI or, or something, right? It, it was probably, it was probably, uh, what do they call it? Like tight wire or something wire. like that. It didn't, you know, obviously didn't look real and he throws him and not only does he throw, he throws him. Right. Um, that part was a little like, all right, that's kind of too zany for, for, for the level of realness that they've set up. Like even, even like the, the, the backwater blind preacher, right? This crazy eccentric character was not, that far from the unbelievable right yeah um so i think that's the only part that i didn't like like had they been had him be able to pick him up and just drop him i probably would have been a little bit more on board and like okay that makes sense but that's probably the only thing i'd change about this movie you i i think that they were just sensationalizing that because that's what they they wanted everybody to be focused on something that they couldn't believe was happening Mm -hmm. so that the guy could sneak in and hit Tyler with the tire iron, right? Okay. I probably would have written in a wrinkle there when the when the two dickheads showed up. I probably would have had Zach shoot one of them. Oh, when, when they they're... when they were going to shoot Tyler? Yeah. I probably would have had Zach shoot one of them. Yeah. Just because at that point that's a quite a, that's quite a a change from living in a nursing home. Right. To stepping up and taking care taking care of your family, showing you that you can do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, he 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 kind of had him at, at you mm-hmm. know, he had him cornered, but Well, I mean, it's again, it's the the concept of Chekhov's gun, right? If you're going to have a gun on the wall in a play in the first act, it has to come into play in, in, later on in the film in the 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 play, right? It has I to I thought that was Schrodinger's cat. No. <laughs> Schrodinger's cat is the cats in the box. We don't know if the dog cat's alive or dead. So at this point, Did you shake the box if you hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's alive. I, we're good. Schrodinger didn't figure that part out. Um, but anyway, you so never saw Christmas vacation. So you set you set up the pre- um, you know you set up this this concept that there is a gun. The gun needs to be used, right? Just it's that foreshadowing. So it they have this whole segment where Tyler teaches Zach how to use the gun with nice little comic effects like the first time he shoots it he goes flying back that kind of thing uh, falls over um, but you see him be able to shoot two bottles that are placed apart from each other with the double barrel um, well it's not it's not a double barrel it's just that he was using buckshot buckshot okay I don't know much about this thing so I'm going to lean on you for that but one buckshot is a slug Okay. Backed up by a bunch of BBs. Okay, so it scatters. So, yeah, so the BB scatters, but the slug the slug has a lot of knockdown force. Yeah. So it, uh, it's a shotgun. I mean, a shotgun mm-hmm. is about spread. So that's... There you go. Well, I, I guess the only thing that I think 
probably would have been problematic if he did shoot the other guys. Um, you know, how much damage does he do? Um, does that end the whole thing? Because I don't think you want to take somebody who, even though, you know, proves his ability to learn and, and be capable um, and not be underestimated, you know, does then that make him a bad guy because he shot somebody, right? <laughs> so Fair enough. I don't know. I thought so. that what was going to happen was at the end, Zach was going to end up saving Tyler. I remember I told That's, you I paused. Yeah. And I said I think something's going to happen. They're going to show up. Zach's going. They're going to. They're going to have mm-hmm. him in on ground kicking him. Zach's going to lose his shit and tear their ass up, and then they're going to be embarrassed because they got beat up by a kid with Down, down syndrome or something. But it's going right. to be like you can just leave us the fuck alone. We'll leave you alone. This is over at this point. You know what right. I mean? Right. But it didn't go that direction. No, it didn't. It didn't. All right. So. um Want to take a break and then we can kind of come back and talk box office and oh stuff God, like that. I hate breaks. You love breaks. Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> okay, and we are back from our break. I was hungry. You were. You were hungry. I'm glad I suggested it. Hungry, hungry hippo. No, no. Now your blood sugar's up. You. Sugar. Except I ate corn, so it's oh. not much sugar. Yeah. So I came up with a wrestling name for you okay. based on the conversation we were having before. You should be the Nutter Butter Bandit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nutter Butters aren't my favorite, though. Can I be the Double Stuff Bandit? <laughs> what about the White Chocolate Macadamia Bandit? <laughs> the Snickerdoodle Bandit. What about... There's fucking cookies. I'm going to steal them, Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> or we could go like a t- completely different direction and, c- and call you the Annoyer and you just come out in the ring and go, eee! <laughs> I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching See, you. Yep, I'm not, no, I'm not doing the DDT. I am not doing a belly to back souffle. I am not. Oh, oh, what, what? Oh, you quit. I win. <laughs> Okay, um, what do you want to talk about now? That's a good question. I one of the things I I thought about after like a day or so after we watched this is while they did have these somewhat eccentric kind of characters, they didn't go the route of oh we're down in the south we're going to give you the stock characters right that you would expect that most of the people they run into are decent people, right? With your exception of like Duncan and Ratboy and, and the, the Jake the Snake character, there's really not a lot of people who are threatening or bad. Um, and they're kind of like well rounded out. Like one of, the th- one of the ones I'm thinking about right now is they have this scene where... Um, Tyler is is going into this convenience store and he's trying to see what he can get for his money as far as food. And he ends up picking up fishing hooks that way they can catch food on their way down. And he's got the gun kind of strapped to his backpack. And the guy who's playing the owner or the clerk of this, I mean, he's just, he's very charming. Right, very nice, and he's kind of like, oh, you know, you got uh, not too many people come in here with guns strapped not, to their. He b- says, "I'm not used to negotiating to, with someone with a, <laughs> yeah. with a shotgun on their shoulder." Right, and the the fact that whole exchange is just very, it's 
you know, he gives them he gives them the moonshine and they're having the conversation. But it just it makes these people real, um, or the characters real, but not in a way that is just kind of a throwaway. Oh, here's your southern guy here and your southern guy there. They're they they all have very kind of well rounded out the 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 people who are in the the assisted living facility that are friends with Zach are also they're done very well. They're all very kind of very likable characters. Uh, okay. So at the expense of getting on a soapbox, Uh-oh. I want I want to address what you were saying right there. Okay. They have that whole thing about art imitating life and life imitating art and stuff like that. When you see a movie like this, I think one of the reasons that this movie stands out to me is because, in my honest opinion, even with all the bullshit that's going on in the country and the world today, this is more what life is like. Okay? For instance, uh, you know, when he asked him, are you white or black? The the blind. The blind guy. The blind preacher, yeah. He didn't really care. He just wanted to see if they were going to tell him the truth. right? Right. He didn't care. And he said, I'm white. And he goes, yeah, I know. I can smell you. I can smell the difference. There was no, you have all these people and you're in the deep south because that, that is the deep south. Tampa, Florida is not the deep south. I don't no. give a shit what people say. No. Georgia, Alabama, North Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, that's the deep south. <clears throat> you still do not walk into a grocery store and hear people screaming racial slurs at people. People are still, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. Let me get that door for you. Can I help you out? Blah, blah, blah. That's what most people are like. All the bullshit that we see right now that's incensing everybody and angering anybody, that's the extremes. People are still decent and good to each other. And this guy didn't know them from Adam and said, you can have anything on my property you want except the boat because the vote was obviously valuable to him. Mm-hmm. And all he wanted to do was make sure that they went on and they were good people and baptize him in Jesus and all that stuff and, and all that happiness and everything. And even the saltwater redneck, they, they constantly showed in this movie the goodness in people right. and not the shittiness in people. Hey, it starts out with him sitting down and he gives her that picture. And I still don't know what that picture meant. The old yes. lady. Zach oh. sat down and he gave her the drawing. Oh, right? that was his plan. That was his escape right. plan. But I right. don't understand. I, I understand what he wanted her to get from it, but I don't understand how you were supposed to get that from it. I need to go back and freeze it because I know it was like had a person and pudding and something. And I know and the only part I got was him running out the door. That's that right. was the last him picture, running right? The, yeah. And and she says she says to the woman when she's investigating what's going on, the the Dakota Johnson character, or what was her name, Emily? Um, no, it was Eleanor. Eleanor says to her. Did he give you this? He sure did. That's really smart. You know what I mean? She says that. And and the woman was wanting to help this young man. There's just an insane amount of goodness in all these people. Mm-hmm. There's there's three bad people in this movie. There's right. there's the two fishermen, which I can't really be mad at them. I'm gonna be honest with you. If somebody burnt up my livelihood, I'd be pretty fucking pissed too. And then there's the Jake the Snake's character, Samson. And I didn't understand why he acted towards Zack in the ring the way he did, but it was because he was jealous that the new guy got all the attention. So yeah. he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy, which you know makes sense when you start talking about wrestling. Right. And even the people in the in who were in the backyard that were 
watching this match um when he first came out everybody's like yeah everybody's like what yeah. the hell is this guy because he comes out in the peanut butter falcon persona and it's a bunch of cardboard boxes where they they're making his wings and all that stuff and they're like what the hell but as soon as he got into it he became and they, a wrestler and they were there to see wrestling and they're like we're good with it yeah they were all on his side and and that you know that kind of made me feel better like like ease up a little bit. Yeah. You knew eventually something bad was going to happen to somebody. Right. But you, you're like, okay, it's like there, there was, there was such a generosity of spirit for the most part in these, in these characters, which I think is a smart, you know, a smart move for, for what they were kind of setting the tone for. And, and this, you know, you know, some of the themes of the stories about being underestimated and, and how people can be, that they did take a cheap shot and just kind of do the the southern mentality or the southern persona like you would see in something like you know my cousin Vinny or you know that kind of thing. Well, th- this movie, I think it imitates what real life is like more than a typical movie. And and I I give writers in Hollywood a lot of shit, and I don't do it on this show very much, but I do on my other podcast because I don't think that they're as good as they say they say that they want to be. First of all, if you look at the movies that come out in Hollywood, uh, I think everything has a Roman numeral higher than six behind it now. You can't write anything new. Um, and they use so many lazy writing techniques. Like we've decided, they've decided that if they want to have a bad guy in a movie that's just there for like a certain amount of a short time, it's just going to be some 22-year-old black kid with a gun robbing a convenience store or some old racist white guy standing. It's just, it's like, give us something different. And they, they did that here. Even though they didn't give us different, they gave us what's like legitimately real. You know, we had we had um, we had three got three people floating down a river, and they were on a, a fishing barge. Uh, that was and I'm not sure if that was a fishing barge or a drilling barge or what that was, but they were playing on that. Right. Was, which, by the way, that was actually them. There were no stunt doubles. Okay. But do you really think that anybody would have shown up at that and given them shit because they were swinging on the rope? Or would it have been would it have been a uh, a lazy writing technique to make them out to be the bad guy because somebody showed up? Oh, you damn kids! You're ruining my boat, you're saying, <laughs> we're, dude. We're swinging on a rope. Right. You know what I mean? They they legitimately showed this 13 year old boy picking on on the Down syndrome kid, which probably would happen. But the second that he got corrected, he was like, "Okay, I realize that what I did was a little fucked up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be an adult about this." You know, what I, mean? I just I really like what they put into it, and yeah. He gets hit in the head on the end. They don't tell you whether that guy gets in trouble, but you know there's so many people there. There's no way he's going to get away with it. Um, th- and and the turning point really was, like you said, when he walked out of that 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 shed, and everybody looked at him and said, "What what the hell are we watching?" And then he started acting like a wrestler persona, and they just kind of looked at each other and they went, "Hey, you know, this is actually what we're here to see." And they were behind him, right? And they were. It just, I I really feel that's what makes this movie great. Is it. It's more, it's more realistic than most movies that you get that tell you they're realistic. So let's talk about the ending, right? All right. Because let's, let's let's put it out in the the full spoiler glory that we love to do. Um, so you get the match. Um, we have Eleanor not not happy about the fact that. Um, uh, Zach is going to be in this match and Tyler's there to support him and he ends up um, again the fir- one of the things that 
that I mentioned is as they were driving toward this match and they're all in the, the saltwater rednecks car is I pointed out, oh, look, he's got these like pink leopard print handcuffs in his uh, hanging over his rearview mirror and they come into play um, where Tyler handcuffs Eleanor to the steering wheel in the car because he doesn't want her to interfere. Um, and he right before the match so he can run up and, and kind of ringside coach Zach. Um, so she's stuck in the car. Um, match starts and Tyler's complete energy is focused on Zach because he wants Zach to be okay. And, and the, the, is it Sam? Is the Samson is the character that? Yeah, I think I yeah. think they remember calling him that. That's not his actual name. Go ahead, I, I, I got it right here. I'll pull it up. Go ahead. Uh, so so you know, obviously he's trying to to protect Zach, and he's trying to you know make sure that this guy doesn't hurt him. And what Eleanor sees is, um, or what we see as the audience is in the beginning of the movie um, when. Tyler first gets his, his butt beat by Duncan and Rat Boy. There is another gentleman with them, and it's the same guy that we see in this backwater match. So he ends up calling them, right, so they can come and yeah, get him, right? That line was really weird. Yeah, put your hands on him when he said that. When the, yeah. when the two were fighting, the big black guys, yeah, put your hands on him. I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I think we might be turning this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that would be the wrong kind of film to be watching um so he's he sees tyler's there he, he we know that duncan and rat boy are coming uh eleanor sees the truck pull in um and sees that it's duncan and rat boy she's trying to get herself um undone from the cuffs so she can go run and as you're seeing zach uh doing the the noted wrestler move that uh carl who is a saltwater redneck basically tells him when he says he wants to learn it that's just that's just trickery what do you we call don't the bionic do throw or something like yes that. i, can't remember, I can't remember what it was the atomic throw the atomic, or something yeah i think it was um and he said that's not real it's just me holding up the camera and then we show some guy and stuff like that but he ends up picking up um samson or sam or whatever his name is and and throws him out of the ring um but at the same time you see a crowbar hit the back of tyler's head and which all could have been avoided if, if Eleanor would have just screamed, Tyler, look out or honk the horn. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why didn't she honk the horn? Getting some, some attention. So it was right? great writing up until there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but so again, a, a nice um, segue into the, the, the show. Don't tell you just see um, both Zach and Eleanor waiting in the hospital. Um, and, you know, a few shots off to, to Carl sitting, you know, outside of his home, feeling bad so you don't know exactly what's going on you see some people crying you see some um but you don't know if tyler is alive or dead but then it moves to a car that eleanor is either rented or bought or whatever and she's got zach in the passenger seat with her and they're driving into florida um and they say something about it and then you see tyler's hand kind of coming from the back seat and 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 holding on Eleanor. So he's alive. Well, Zach reaches he's, back and, and yeah, hits him. Yeah. So we find out that, that Tyler is alive. He is pretty, very much worse for wear though. So, but they are now moving down there as a, a family. So question for you. If they had done that last scene where they're in the car and they see the welcome to Florida sign mm-hmm. and you had never known that Tyler was in the back seat, how would you have felt? What, what, what would, what would that have done for that movie? To, to that movie for for to you for 
You know what I mean. Um, well, you and I have a, a little thing that we like to do on this podcast that's a fuck you movie. Um, <laughs> when the movie does that to you. I don't know if I would have been 100%, you know, F you to the movie. I think it would have been real and would have made sense. But that you see that they are doing what Tyler wanted, right? Because Tyler took Zach to where he needed to be and where he wanted to go to support his dreams. So they are doing the same thing for Tyler. Um, so either way, I guess it, it would have been fine. What, what do you think? Okay. Uh, again, something that I always, we always talk about on the other podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're going to hire somebody to coach your football team, you need to let them coach your football team. If you're going to hire somebody to run the office at the doctor's office, you need to let them run the doctor's office. Otherwise, you do it yourself, right? Okay. If you're going to hire someone to direct a movie, you need to let them direct the movie. Okay. I, I don't it was know. suggested by executives that Tyler not be in the back seat of the car at the end of the movie, indicating that Tyler did not survive. The directors immediately dismissed the idea. I think <laughs> that takes that movie, if that's the case, and for me it completely destroys any rewatchability. At that point, it's completely over because that is not how I want that movie to end. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was like City Angels. You <laughs> spent this whole fucking movie rooting for these two people to get together and then you killed her. You could have just taken my $7, kicked me in the balls and told me to leave. <laughs> right? That's that's not, that is uh, yes, that happens sometimes, but that's not why I watch a movie. I don't watch a movie to be depressed. I don't watch a movie so that you can point out how miserable some things are that happen to people. Mm-hmm. You you showed me this development and growth of three people in this movie, and sorry, four, because I'm going to count the saltwater redneck. Mm-hmm. Four people in this movie that were completely different places at the begin- at the end than they were in the beginning, and then you just kill one of them because... I mean, I get getting hit in the head with a tire iron. That's going to fuck you up. But I, I just, it, I, I would have been angry. And I started to get that sense of foreboding early in the movie, like you were talking about. And I'm like, right. man, this, this is going to be like the girl with all the gifts. This, they think this can kiss my ass. I'm, we are not doing this again. But, you know, there you go. I, I think that, I think that that was, that, that needed to happen. You, I think you needed to see that he was okay. Okay, I'm I'm gonna uh, bring up a movie that you probably don't like. Um, I oh yeah, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, and a lot of people probably don't like just because retroactively it's Kevin Spacey. But you know that in American Beauty, mm-hmm. at the end where he dies, needlessly, but he's happy when he dies. I don't think I would be 100% okay with the fact that if they had killed off Tyler, but Tyler was redeeming himself, right? He had gotten to that point where he opened himself up to caring about someone like as much as he cared about his brother again. He was supporting his dreams. He was there for him. He was all these things. I, you know, so as far as that character's arc is concerned, it's, somewhat complete all right so oh, i'm i'm i i don't want to say that i'm okay with somebody dying because that's not true but as far as that my my issue would have been the aftermath right and its impact on zach and its impact on eleanor um it does lead you to believe that that maybe he did not make it but then you see him there um the 
and I guess maybe this will kind of segue us into I have questions before you do box office, but you see Tyler in the backseat, obviously face is pretty banged up, swollen, bruised, and he's got the um, band-aids or he's, you know, around his head. Mm -hmm. So it left, kind of left me to wonder like, okay, what is, what is next for him? Right. Is he now got some damage that he's going to have to overcome? Like, is his brain affected? Is well, he going to be was, able to work? Is he going to be able to have these, you know... If it was that bad, they wouldn't have let him out of the hospital yet. Uh, that's true. He'd have been going through physical therapy or that's true. whatever. So yeah, they probably said, you got a little bump on your noggin, but you're a big boy. <laughs> you can handle it. Plus, you got the peanut butter falcon guard and you're six. So you're good. <laughs> Plus, she's really cute. You should go. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So where do you want to go from there? Here, do you want to do... I want to go to the club. No, you don't. You're right. I don't want um, to Do you want to do... Dairy I have queen? questions. We go, <laughs> go find that ice cream I just found on the internet. Yeah. That's the Ritz cracker peanut butter flavor. Yeah. I um, For I a went... second, it jarred me because I saw Ritz and thought Cheez-Its, but it <laughs> that would be gross. I, it's ice cream. It can't be bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can do. I, I have questions. Okay. Because I really only have one other. I mean, when you see people who kind of just take off and go, um, you know, obviously, you know, they said that Eleanor maybe came from money or has money or, or things like that. But they have pretty much lost a lot of the stuff along the way. So um, as far as Tyler's concerned, as far as Zach's concerned, I mean, these are things Eleanor can probably get, but like they have no identity paperwork on them, you know, um, social security cards, birth certificate, you know, that this is where the realness in me comes out. Um, anything like that. So it's like, what kind of life would they lead after that? Or is this something where, we well, you think, don't, you don't you know, know that Tyler doesn't have that stuff. Tyler had his backpack. That's true. Zach would be the only person, and with Eleanor having been his caregiver, she's probably got access to all the paperwork that True. she would need to get. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, at that point, she'd probably have to go through a process of adopting him or mm-hmm. becoming his caregiver, since she could say, "I'm his family." I, I don't know right. exactly how that works. He was but yeah. 21, though. He was 21 or 22, right? The character. Yeah, but they they had him in the home because he didn't have any family that could take care of him. Which right. you know, again, does he have to have family to to, to take care of him? I, I I don't know. Right. Um. Okay. I, I don't think it would be that hard for Tyler either. I mean, he had to have a driver's license or something. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. I lost my wallet. All right. Did you have any questions? I didn't, okay. honestly. I didn't I didn't really have any yeah. questions. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I have one. There's no way they didn't see him when he was hiding in the grass in the boat. There's no way. Okay. They were standing up. They were also on a platform. That grass wasn't that tall, but he needed to get away. So, okay. Okay. That's kind of it. Uh, I don't... There wasn't a lot in this that was unrealistic. I mean, we didn't have spaceships or anything like that. I mean, you had two guys, you know, <laughs> walking down the coast. Uh, I don't understand why they had, why he would not be smart enough to have just said, hey, dude, throw me my shoes. You, you know what I mean? Right. I, I, know that, I know that you well, were in a hurry, not, but... It's not that... Well, that shouldn't be on Zach, okay? F- that's a good question, because they have the, the whole... Um, they have a whole section where... Uh, Carl is rigging the bars on the windows so Zach could be big enough to get through. He tells Zach to kind of strip down and put on lotion so he can kind of slip through the bars. 
why on earth would Carl not just throw his shit out the window so he could get dressed? What was that about? You know what I mean? That's, that's a good, you know, I have questions, questions. And I probably should have said this before we started this segment, but the I have questions segment is usually stuff that takes you out of this suspension of belief that you're like, why did this happen? Why, why, or what? Or well, there's only one reason that that happened. Huh? And that's because Who? they wanted the comedic effect of a kid running around in his, running around in his, his tidy whities. Yes. And, and, it made you uncomfortable for the kid, right? Especially when he's like, they're they have to kind of walk through the water, and he's like now in his tidy whities that are wet, you know. And I'm like, God, get the kid some damn clothes. So finally, when they started to, you know, Tyler starts to give him stuff so he could be covered. Um, <laughs> I did like I did like the way that they had Zach talk in this movie. There was times where. I know that one of my problems in in dealing with people sometimes is that I go directly from answering a question properly to being super sarcastic about it, mm-hmm. you know. And he says something about you don't even have such and such, and he goes, "Yeah, I know, I don't have any pockets." So he, had, <laughs> so he said to him, "Right, he said I don't have any right, pockets." Right, right. Not like "fuck you, man, I'm in my underwear, stand." You know what I mean? It's like I don't have any pockets. It's just very matter of yeah, fact. Just yeah. Very, and and I thought I love that, but then he just. Why didn't he give him the pair of shorts before he said, I don't have pot? Just little, little, but I, it was, it was the comedic effect of it. I get it. Right. Right. Well, I think it also is, is kind of every, every piece that kind of gets gifted to Tyler as they're going along. Um, not Tyler to Zach as he's coming along is, is, is Tyler opening himself up. Right. Cause he's like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want you to come with me. You're going to slow me down. You know, I I need to get out of here. You're on your own, right? To slowly kind of opening up to him, so he gets the t-shirt, and then he gets the 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 shorts, and then he gets or the the camo pants, and then he gets the boots, right? And then he gets to carry the backpack, and you know all that stuff. So it's, um, you know, it's kind of slowly trusting him, slowly opening himself up. Yeah. No, I I agree. Good enough. All right. Uh, we doing box office? What'd you find with box office? I found that uh, it had a very small opening weekend. Uh, it did two hundred and something thousand opening weekend, but it was only in like uh, uh, seventeen theaters, I think. Mm-hmm. But in fifteen of the seventeen theaters, it was a number one movie that weekend. So the next weekend, it went to a large distribution where it went like nine hundred nine hundred theaters, which is pretty damn good. Uh, it made it made twenty million. Uh, domestically, twenty point four five seven, which isn't bad for a small. It had a budget of six and a half million dollars, which is a lot more than I thought it would. But they did have two pretty big names in it, um, you know, Shia LaBeouf and uh, Dakota Johnson. Um, yeah, it's Thomas it Hayden Church too, as well. Yeah, I get the feeling he probably didn't charge very much. Yeah, I just want to believe that about Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> I just there's something about him that I like so much. Like the only good thing in Spider-Man Three was Thomas Hayden Church, so um, it was just behind Jojo Rabbit, which is another movie that I really really want to see, and Shaft and Hellboy at 105 for 2019. Um, it made another like two and a half million dollars uh, internationally, but it, it finished. It was a success. It had to be a success because there was no marketing for this. So you spend six and a half million dollars on a movie and you bring home twenty three. I think you're in good shape. I'll 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 take that all day long. <laughs> okay. 
All right. So um, this did, it had uh, 21 wins at um, different awards and 16 nominations. So I can kind of go through the, I'm kind of going to go through, like there was Austin Film Critics was a nominee for Best First Film. Um, a lot of Best First Films for Tyler oh, um, of Nelson and, and Michael Swartz. Um, winner of the Audience Choice Award and the Audience uh, for, um, well, for Tyler Nielsen and Michael Swartz. Um, outstanding Breakthrough Performance at, this, at uh, Crested Butte as well for Zach um, Gottsagen. Uh, let's see, um, winner, um, audience award and special grand prize, um, Deauville Film Festival, Directors Guild of America was a nominee, Georgia Film Critics Association, of course, made it the winner <laughs> for the Oglethorpe Award for Excellence in Georgia Cinema. Let's, let's just be honest. Right. Sometimes these award ceremony things, I think they're overrated because as we found out last week, Attack of the Killer Donuts won Best in Show at the Melbourne Film Festival. <laughs> Not Melbourne, Australia. Not Melbourne, Australia. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, winner of the Best New Filmmakers, Hawaii Film Critics Society. I'm only going to go through the winners here. Heartland Film, um, Truly Moving Picture Award. That makes sense. Um, Hollywood Critics Association um, was a newcomer award for Zach Gottsagen. Um it won the Leiden International Film Festival um, Media Access Award winner, um, Nantucket Film Festival Best Narrative Feature, uh, North Carolina Film Critics Association got the Tar Heel Award, uh, National Board of Review for Top 10 Independent Films, Let's see, winner, 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 chicken dinner, Palm Springs International Film Festival for Rising Star War for Zach, Zach Gottsagen. Um, the Ruderman Family Foundation Seal of Authentic Representation is a winner for that. So I think that means representation of, of those who are disabled. Um, so let me ask you this. What? Let's say you're making a movie, mm -hmm. okay? And you got a, it's, it's just a, it's not a crazy ass movie. It's not like an Avengers movie or anything. It's just a normal movie, something you know along these lines. And you have a uh, you have a character that's just a normal person. It's not a football player. Or it's just a, just a you know a teenage kid that lives on the street, and he's not written as someone with Down syndrome. And yet this kid Zach mm -hmm. comes in and reads for it. Does it upset you to say you know what? I think we just need to let him play the part. No, why? Because it doesn't happen. Right. It it doesn't happen. Why why? I, I mean, I know in my neighborhood, when I grew up, not everybody was normal. I mean, I was the one that was the most weird, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is it that that that, that shit drives me crazy? What stuff? Are you, um, what, are, what are you getting at here? Like, you, the only way you're going to be good for a part is if you're good looking. You got to be beautiful. Right. Or, you know, you have to whatever. Why can't we just let normal people? So the kid has Down syndrome. That doesn't mean he can't act. Right. It doesn't mean he wouldn't be great in the movie. I also think when you're when you're talking about representation in film. It isn't the fact that you just cast it. It's also how a character is is played um, because you really want to reflect reality, right? You don't want to um, keep perpetuating stereotypes, right? It's an authentic representation of a, a specific lifestyle or a specific um, 
sexual orientation or a specific, um, I'm, I'm probably not using the, the right words for this and stuff like that, but as far as like people who have special needs and things like that, it's how they're represented, right? And this does a very good job of representing uh, a person who does have Down syndrome, using a person who does have Down syndrome and treating it with respect, but also kind of giving you a, a, a general representation of, because of not, not, I won't, don't want to say limits, but being, you know, what it means to have Down syndrome and what it doesn't mean, which is the limitations a lot of people put on but there are, people there in are, that situation. There are people out there with Down syndromes who are dicks. I, I've met them. They're, they're jerks. They're, they're, just because they have Down syndrome doesn't make them an angel. Just because you... We're not saying that. I know no. that, but it doesn't matter what the part is. If somebody comes in and reads for the part, whether they have a handicap, that would be like saying you wrote a part for a normal person and somebody with one arm came in and, oh, you can't do that because I wrote this part for a person with two arms. Hey, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. You're looking at me. You're giving me a weird look. Like I'm no, I'm not, not giving you a weird look. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand. My my point is is that they started this movie out mm-hmm. wanting a normal person to play the person with Down syndrome. The you mean the ho- whoever is going to yeah to the, put the, the people money. that are going to finance okay it, okay right. yeah so there's no reason that it can't work the other way around. There's no reason that you right. can't sit down at a casting call and go, uh, you know, I mean, the only reason that somebody with a disability should come in and say, you're not right for the part, and then they go, why? And they go, well, you're in a wheelchair, and this is about, you know, the number one running back in the country. I mean, it's just some things you can't change, but when it's just a normal part, right. whether but but they don't because that's not what's sexy or that's what people want to see. And that's one of the things I give this movie a lot of credit for. It's what, mm-hmm. I'm, it's what I'm going after. Yeah, I mean, there's... And there's a lot of talk about that. It's like if you're going for a part as an actor um, and it's not defined um, race specifically or, or something like that, that kind of... I don't want to say open casting, but uh, colorblind casting is, I guess, the, the term for it and stuff like that. And it does make sense because then you get a kind of a richer experience and you get a broader um, talent, right? Yep. So it depends on how it's written. Okay. Um, what I was getting to was the um, the South, uh, South by Southwest Film Festival. So it won the Audience Award there. So I don't know if it's the best film, but it won That's, the audience. Yep, yeah, and it got picked up by... Got picked up by a company called Roadside Pictures. Yep. And and they apparently, Roadside Attractions, they also did uh, a movie called Judy in 2019 that they di- di- distributed that looks like it was fairly good. It, maybe it's a company that's going to, you know, you keep having hits like this. Maybe we're going to get more and more of these uh, available to see. So Roadside, was it Judy, like Judy, the Judy Garland with Renee Zell- Zellweger? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, Yeah, it sure was. Yep. Okay. All right. They distributed that. I didn't realize that. So cool. Very, very cool. See full company information. Maybe we can uh, text them and they can pick up our movie. Uh, what movie would that be? I don't know. Once we can get them to f- distribute it, we'll make one. <laughs> I'm all fresh out of ideas today, woman. <laughs> <laughs> the movie would be called I Pay Money for This. I have one. I have one. Uh, it can be about these guys. One has this big hammer that he throws around. One guy gets mad, he turns green, but his shorts don't rip. Um, <laughs> one guy is a, is a patriot, but he... <laughs> no? No. <laughs> too, too soon? I think it's been done before. Not enough. 
<laughs> All right, so would you watch this again? Yeah, I'd watch this Holy again. Holy shit, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we have a... That's not the first we have time. have a winger. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time. See, get I've, excited. I've got it. I've got it down. All I got to do is pick a movie I haven't seen, and she's going <laughs> to love it. Oh, God. All right. So, um, top... Uh, no, I would not watch it again. No, you wouldn't? Of course I would. Um, top three moments. Top three moments. I Actually, there's so many. It's so hard to choose. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my, fa- my favorite, my, my third was when he hits the kid. <laughs> he punches the kid in the face. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Um, it just, it was just, it, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. I expected him to go up and, and, and like reading the riot app. But he just walked up and he decked that kid. <laughs> My second favorite was in the beginning when he's still in the home mm-hmm. and he's watching the Saltwater Redneck film and he's and he's acting out how you would throw somebody out of the ring. Okay. And he, but he's it's, he's like practicing. He's practicing how you pick something up over your head, right? And you throw it. I, I don't know why I found it funny, but I mean it's not that hard to throw <laughs> something from over your head. My number one, my favorite scene was the the it's it's a long scene when they were on the beach that night they were drinking and mm-hmm. they came up with the peanut butter falcon. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was like that like whole a, conversation a total, about good, good a, guys and bad guys. No, 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 no. And, oh, okay, that was the first night okay. when he decided to start training him. Oh, the next day, okay. the next day was when they were kind of doing the training and they were planting a water. And that night they were drinking and they got drunk. Right, and he put the peanut butter on his face and made him the, the things. And right, he was, so he could and he was, pick up the so log. Yeah, the log. That whole scene was just pretty awesome to me. That's a, yeah, it was a good scene. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was three? That was three. Yeah, All yeah. Right. That, uh, the, the, the fact that there were three of them, that makes it three. <laughs> I have, um, oh God. I, I have four. Well, then do four. All right. Um, no problem, Mike. Well, we already talked about the conversation about good guys and bad guys. Okay. But I think that it has to make an appearance on this list because okay. it's a very well done conversation, yeah. kind of sets the thing in motion as far as um, you're not bad because you have Down syndrome. You're not, um, you know, you you have just the same capacity to be a good guy as anybody yeah, you else. Trip. You can be a hero. Yeah. Being and, a hero is about what's in here and he points yeah. to his chest. Yeah. And I think that is... Kind of him refining himself because you would you you get the sense that Tyler was a different person when Mark was there for him, right? He probably was. Um, and it's easy to spiral when something like that happens. Yeah, too. Yeah, and so he's kind of being Mark for him, um, even though you don't see a lot of it. You don't you you don't know much about their relationship. You just get that that feeling. And I think well, you got good. the you got the straight shooter answer from Zach right. too when he says, "You're a good guy, Tyler." Right. I mean, he didn't leave him in the water to die, so it's a pretty decent guy. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, right? I mean, I, I hope I don't know too many people who would do that, just walk away from somebody, but... He's on the run from the cops. I mean, you never know. Right. Okay, so um, back to the, the um, our our introductory segment and, and the joke, okay? So he decides to let Zach come along with him, and so he's laying down the rules of the role. Rule number one... Don't slow me down. Is don't slow me down. Rule number two is I'm in charge. He keeps saying that to Zach. And he's like, so what's rule number one? And Zach goes, party. (laughs) 
No, it's not party. It's not party. <laughs> and what's great about that is knowing now that it was ad-libbed. Yeah. There's a scene later in the movie when he says, what's rule number one? That's right, party. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like. Right. So the scene that made me smile the broadest was they get to where they're trying to go to bring Zach to the school. They find the saltwater redneck and they find out that the school's been closed for, for 10 years. And it doesn't look like, you know, Carl is really in any real shape to, to show himself as the saltwater redneck to Zach. And they are trying, they're, you know, they walk away and they're, they're walking down the road and they're trying to have this conversation with Zach about he just isn't around anymore and Zach's like no 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 he you know he's trying to like maybe we can find him here maybe we can find him there and he's not giving up on the fact and all of a sudden you hear this music and a car and you don't see what it is and you almost think to yourself oh my god Duncan and Ratboy have found them right and then you see this Corvette nope. what it's not a Corvette it was a Trans Am it was a Trans Am with a, with a uh, T-top all right. Or a convertible. No, it was a T-top. It was a convertible because you wouldn't be able to have Samson's head poking out. It, was, and... it, was a, it was, wasn't a convertible. It was a T-top. It was a, it would, when they used to have the windshield and the back, but there was a plastic piece that sat on top of it and cooked and, and would clip in. So it wouldn't, the, 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 the roof wouldn't lift up and lay in the trunk. You had to physically take it off. So you had like a back and a front. Oh, okay. All right. Because Trans Ams didn't have, they didn't make convertible Trans Ams. They only had t Well, they had the T-roof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't think the thing in the middle came out. Yeah, they had they had one that was a complete. Okay, top all right. Piece, yeah. So it, I've been corrected. Yeah, um, damn, so it was a T bird, and he comes running down the road, and you when you real when you realize that it's him coming back as a saltwater redneck, I was just like I was so happy. <laughs> so that was a good scene, um, and part of his training with the saltwater redneck when he's he's saying, well, what the first thing you do when you come out into a ring is you've got to you got to trash talk. Right. You got to trash talk. You've got to say the meanest thing, the meanest, nastiest thing, you nasty can think things of. you can think of to come out of your mouth, need to come out of your mouth and all that stuff like that. And so when you've got Tyler in the ring and he's fighting and he's fighting and he's fighting and he try, finally decides that he's fight, going to fight back against Samson, the meanest thing that he can think of that comes out of his mouth is, you're not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> well, Samson wanted a cupcake. <laughs> but it's so pure. It is, it is. so, um, you know, it's not making fun of him. It's just, yeah. it's, that's the meanest thing he literally can think of and it's just so pure and and sweet and you just you cannot help loving that character so those are my top four i think that's a great top four all right excuse me i'm sorry okay it's it's a very dark rainy day here so it's you know i can i can feel you as far as feeling that kind of logie yeah plus i work damn near every day so there you go all right. Aww. Yeah. Oh. Poor baby. Yeah, I know. I I I have it. I have it easy. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's only one question left, and that's how are you going to torture me this week? I'm going to torture you. Um, I don't think I'm going to torture you. I I kind of um am going to pick up the mood from this movie, and pick a movie that I feel like is in a very similar vein that you haven't seen yet. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, we got to pay the three ninety nine for it. Oh, you're paying because it's on Amazon. You're paying. All I right. want cash before I rent it. I'll give you cash before you rent it. All right, what is it? Little Miss Sunshine. 
Okay. I've seen parts of that. Oh, you've seen parts of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've seen the seen the part at the end where they do the Don't. She, she dances. <laughs> no, I, I'm right. I'm good. I've I've heard it's a very good movie. Yeah. So Yeah, so it means I'll probably hate it. You probably will. Yeah. Is Captain America in it? I'm out. No, but Steve Carell's in it. He's not Captain America. And um what's his name there? Greg Kinnear. Greg Greg Robinson. Greg Kinnear's King Lear. Greg. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. That sounds good. All right. So let's uh, wrap up. This is the part of the podcast where uh, I say to you, if you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter and on Instagram at Honey Watch This. That would be our handle. Um, we also have a Facebook page. I keep promising you guys I'm going to get get more and more involved in it. This week I've decided we finally will be posting more. Um, and that is that. Um, if you would like to, um, keep up with me, I'm at marketing underscore angel on Instagram. Um, and when you hear the cats meowing in the background, which usually happens at least once an episode, you can finally get to see what those cats look like. Um, but that's about it. And if you want to listen to Greg's other podcasts, um, where can they find you, babe? Anywhere podcasts are sold. Sold. Spotify, uh, podomatic.com, uh, Apple music whatever it's called google play um, and what's the name of the podcast it's called top five for fighting where two guys get around and sit around and just basically talk about whatever floats our boat lots of times it's movies and entertainment we throw some sports in there and we have a top five list at the end of every week this week will be our top five weapons of the apocalypse that are not guns <laughs> just because you know the apocalypse is coming also, also, there's probably going to be a, a side note of the top five apocalypse movies that we've ever seen. So nice, little things like that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. And uh, don't bother following me on Twitter. I don't do anything. Um, I, okay. I am I'm avoiding Facebook as much as possible lately. So, All right. if you'd like to subscribe to us, please do. Um, we are thirty nine ninety five a week. <laughs> <laughs> He's so wrong. Okay, uh, so... No, it really is, thirty nine ninety five a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely follow us. Um, we are on all different uh, matter of uh, podcast streaming services, um, including Google Play, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff. So uh, please subscribe. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcast. Uh, why don't you give us a rate and review, please? Um, and if you want to hear or want us to do any movie in particular, if uh, you can reach out to us on any of our social media, just slide on a, into our DM. Uh, the other thing is, is if you are a host of a podcast um, and you would like to join us, uh, please uh, also slide into our DM if you'd like to pick a movie for us to all uh, talk about together. And I think that's pretty much it for today's episode don't you think i think so yeah we're wrapped I, up i did enjoy this one i think i made a great choice <laughs> i did it's a great i mo- think you did too it's a great movie if it's you a great seen movie it, you watch it. yeah it's definitely all endorsements eight thumbs up yep <laughs> eight thumbs up A-ho? eight yeah because of the cats okay where did you get eight thumbs from? i don't know <laughs> for something about you i don't know <laughs> we'll continue this discussion next week or, or right fucking now. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.